Hey everybody, welcome to Hope Daily. My name is Pastor Dan and I was away last week visiting my grandmother in Florida. It was a very good time. It was a nice chance to see her and I feel like she had a good opportunity to just spend some time with me and some of my family members. So I appreciate your patience while I was gone. And I'm excited to be back and get back into the book of Joshua. Um, If you haven't been keeping up with us, we've been looking at the book of Joshua and trying to figure out, you know, why has God instructed Joshua to engage in this war? Why is he compelling and instructing and commanding Joshua to engage in something terrible like conflict, war? Um, And today's kind of strange. I don't think we're actually going to get too much closer to that answer, but I think we're going to start picking up some pieces of it. Um, Today we're going to be talking about Joshua chapter 4. As always, I highly suggest you go read that chapter, um, just because it's kind of long. I'm not going to read the whole of Joshua chapter 4 for you here. Um, You can pause the podcast and head right on over there. I'll be here waiting for you when you get back. Um, But if you have uh, listened to or read Joshua chapter 4, you can come on by and and chit-chat with me about the chapter. So the entirety of this chapter is devoted to the honoring of the events that took place in the previous chapter. God commands Joshua to command 12 men from the 12 tribes of Israel to make a monument of 12 stones pulled from the Jordan River to signify that it was God who allowed them to cross the Jordan. He made a way for the Israelites. He will make a way again. He is powerful and always will be. And as if to pad the chapter out, the command for this action is repeated no less than three times, as God tells Joshua, Joshua tells the men, and the men finally carry it out. Why the repetition? Why the monument? Both are aspects of a relationship with God that we have somehow lost the taste for in the millennia since Joshua. The repetition found in Joshua 4 focuses on tradition, praise, and obedience. This command, do erect a stone monument signifying God's deliverance, is repeated so that the Jews might remember it. As humans, we are stupid, deeply and profoundly stupid, and as such, we need constant reminders to look to God and recognize his love and power. This is the same reason why Joshua is commanded to know the law and meditate on it day and night. A man can read through the whole of the Bible 100 times and not yet maximize his relationship with God. Repetition, though undoubtedly the least attractive of the Christian values, is the one we need right now. We need the discipline required to do our devotions when we don't want to, to sing praises when things are going terrible, or even worse, when things are not especially anything. Discipline and repetition are the strong links which bind us to our faith, keeping us connected to the Father even when we drift. The monument, though, far easier to understand, is even less practiced today. The monument of stones is erected very simply as a symbol of God's power, a permanent marker of what God did in the Jordan River. Notice how God does not command them to huddle around this monument daily and offer praises at it, but rather it is erected so that they can show their children and remember God's glory. We simply do not do this anymore. No one builds a monument outside their home in thankfulness for that time God delivered a new job, or that time God uh, brought the premature baby home safe. Well, I take that back. We do that, yet somehow judge those who do it. Tattoos are, in many respects, the modern-day monuments. Just like monuments of the ancient world, they are permanent markers of something or idea. 
Now, certainly tattoos, just like religious monuments, can be used for pointless or even nefarious purposes, but they can also be used for praise and remembrance. I'm not saying we all need to get tattoos every time God does something amazing in our lives, but what if we did? What if we sacrificed our bodies honestly and truly to the praise of God and the memory of his goodness? I know people who have done this, getting tattoos of prominent and powerful verses and the like, but I was also raised from a background where tattoos were taboo. Again, I'm not saying the Bible wants you to go out and get a tattoo. It's important to trust the barriers the Holy Spirit has placed in your own heart. I would not want to be a stumbling block for anyone. But with that clarification, I do think it is vital for us to erect monuments to God, some type of physical representation of God's deliverance. Because here at the Jordan River is not the only time that the Jews are commanded to do this. As much as we want to lean into the world of the metaphysical, it's the simple physical habits that God uses to build his relationship with his people. The current fad in today's church are breakthroughs, moments where you can really, quote-unquote, feel the Spirit. How do we teach feeling? How do we keep the feeling in our soul on a Thursday evening when temptations arise? What do you do if you can't seem to find a breakthrough moment? Does that mean God doesn't want you? That he isn't hitting you with his magic breakthrough laser? Breakthroughs are all well and good. They can be powerful turning points where a truth of God's word clicks, we can recognize forgiveness, or even turn to God in repentance, but they can also be destructive. The mere idea of them can be a trap, fooling those who get breakthroughs into thinking this is how the walk always is, and fooling those who do not get breakthroughs into believing that this is what a quote-unquote real Christian experiences. The truth for today, as well as here in Joshua 4, is that God works in the repetition. The simple, unsexy, Tuesday morning kind of obedience. There's nothing special about it, nothing dramatic. It is simply the most effective tool for solidifying and growing our relationship with God. Best of all, we don't even need to feel it for it to work. So thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. I know it's kind of a strange one, how does obedience apply to our overall question, but I believe as we dive deeper into Joshua, we're going to start to see what God is trying to do with this command. Uh, Not only the practical effects of it, but also what commands are like and what commands are for and what commands do for us. And I think this image of obedience helps us see that. I think this idea of practical, physical action helps us appreciate God's commands and really helps us live out our faith. So hopefully as we kind of continue down this path alongside Joshua, we'll have a better idea of the weird and wild things God commands us to do and maybe why he commands us to do them. So again, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you next week.